Good morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran Church on this Reformation Sunday, a day in which we get to celebrate the gifts of God in word and sacrament by receiving them and by giving thanks to the Lord for his direction of the church in all of history. Uh, this morning, are there any announcements or any prayer requests that we have for the congregation? Yes. Um, Riley for FFA is selling, they're selling fruit, apples, different apples, uh, barbecue sauces, meats, cheeses, and then mixtures of things, if anybody's interested. So just talk to Riley. Right. If you'd like your FFA fruit, see Riley. Yeah, Kathy. Uh, I would like to put Tom Blair back on the prayer list, please. Okay. Yeah, I'll continue praying for Tom. Yeah. yeah my okay. And what's your mother's name? Judy. Judy. Okay. Yeah. Update on Alan Terrell. Uh, he, uh, he's doing well. He's down okay. from 15 pills a day to one pill. So he'll probably the next two years. He still has to continue taking. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, we'll continue. Well. Yeah. We'll continue praying for him. All right, if there's nothing else for the congregation this morning, we have a special prelude for Reformation that will be sung by Denise Luchenko. So I invite you to quiet your hearts and quiet your minds as we listen to the prelude and prepare for worship. That the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt. Who am I that the bright and morning star choose to light the way for my ever wandering heart? Not because of who I am. Because of what you've done, not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. I am a flower quickly fading, here today and gone tomorrow. A wave tossed in the ocean, vapor in the wind. Do you hear me when I'm calling? Lord, you catch me when I'm falling, and you hold me who I am. I am yours, I am yours. Who am I that the eyes would see my sin? would look on me with love and watch me rise again who am i that the voice that calmed the sea would call out through the rain and call the storm in me not because of who i am but because of what you've done not because of what I've done, 
but because of who you are I am the flower quickly fading Here today and gone tomorrow The wave tossed in the ocean A vapor in the wind Still you hear me when I'm calling Lord, you catch me when I fall And you've told me who I am I am yours Not because of who I am but because of what you've done Not because of what I've done But because of who you are I am the flower quickly fading Here today and gone tomorrow The wave tossed in the ocean The vapor in the wind Still you hear me when I'm calling Lord you catch me when I'm falling and you told me who I am I'm yours I'm yours I'm yours whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? I am yours. Congregation, I invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore de declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins, 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. 
In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God, gracious Lord, we thank you that your Holy Spirit renews the church in every age. Pour out your Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep them steadfast in your word. Protect and comfort them in times of trial. Defend them against all enemies of the gospel. And bestow on the church your saving peace through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Jeremiah. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, 
when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I make with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. The word of the Lord. We'll now read responsibly Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Though its waters rage and foam, and though the mountains tremble with its tumult, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city, it shall not be shaken. God shall help it at the break of day. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come now, regard the verse of the Lord. What desolations God has brought upon the earth. Behold the one who makes war to cease in all the world, who breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the shields with fire. Be still then, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. A reading from Romans. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For no human being will be justified in his sight, by deeds prescribed by the law, for through the law comes the knowledge of sin. But now, apart from law, the righteousness of God has been disclosed and is attested by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction. Since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, they are now justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood, effective through faith. He did this to show his righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over the sins previously committed. It was to prove at the present time 
that he himself is righteous and that he justifies the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of boasting? It is excluded. By what law? By that of works. No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that a person is justified by faith apart from works prescribed by the law. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. John. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, Everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. I invite you to be seated. Children, I invite you forward. Well, today in our church, we celebrate a day that we call Reformation Day. Today we call Reformation Sunday. Reformation is kind of a big word that just means a change, uh, something that's changed. Well, so what we're celebrating is, do you see the window way up there? Do you see the man at the top of the window, the picture there? Do you see him? Do you know who that is? Now, that's a man named Martin Luther, right? And we take after his name. Our church is called a Lutheran church. But about 500 years ago, a long time ago, that man, Martin Luther, who was a pastor and a teacher, began teaching in the church that you are saved, that you are going to heaven because of what Jesus does for you. And so he started reminding people that, you know, you don't have to give money to the church to go to heaven. You don't have to do great, wonderful things in this world to go to heaven. Just believe in Jesus Christ. Believe in Jesus, right? And trust that he will save you. And that's all. That us going to heaven is all about what Jesus does for us. I printed out a painting, a picture of a painting. It's kind of hard. It's a little fuzzy when I blew it up. Uh, This was a painting that was done by a friend of that man, Martin Luther, by an artist named Lucas Cranach, and his friend drew this painting of him, and you see that this is Martin Luther here. He's teaching the people. And on one hand, he has it placed on the Bible, and on the other hand, he's pointing to Jesus. And all the people then are looking at Jesus because Luther is pointing to him. That's what we celebrate today. We celebrate that Jesus saves us, that it's all about Jesus. It's what he does for us, right? And so that truth, 
that change that happened in the church when people remembered again that it was all about Jesus, that's what we celebrate today, that it's all about him. Let me pray for you. Lord, we give you thanks that Christ has done it all for us, and we give you thanks that this message, that this good news is still taught in our churches today. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. But now, but now, this is the phrase that we really want to pay attention to in Romans chapter 3. But now. Those are words that would be very easy to gloss over and to miss. They're unassuming words, they're common words, yet they clue us in to, that something better is coming. I don't know if you remember old late night television with the infomercials, right? They would sell you some deal, then they'd say, but wait, there's more, right? But wait, there's more, right? Something better is coming. In our reading from Romans, that but now serves the same purpose. But now makes all the difference. There's more. And so although in English these words are slight, in St. Paul's Greek, they stand out. If you were reading the Greek, you couldn't miss them. They're emphatic and they grab your attention. But now, but now everything has changed. But now is the hinge on which turns two stories that we have to tell this morning. First is the story that St. Paul tells to the churches in Rome. Paul had never been to Rome before he wrote this letter. He only knew of them and knew some of what they were wrestling with as a church. Because so much of what was going on in the church in the first century was trying to figure out what does it mean to be God's people in light of what Jesus Christ has done for them. The early church was a mix of Jewish believers and Gentile believers, and it was complicated working out the details of how they were going to live together. The Jewish believers wondered about their status as God's chosen people. They had the promises made to their father Abraham. They had the scriptures, the law, and the prophets. What did it mean for them to now be one with Gentiles, with non-Jews who had none of that? Well, Paul is making the argument that there is one gospel for both Jews and Gentiles. He's making the argument that Jesus Christ is the one Lord who saves them all. So Paul begins his letter arguing that both Jews and Gentiles are all equally sinners in need of God. He says that non-Jewish people, Gentiles, have the law of nature that testifies against them. And so he argues that Gentiles are obviously wicked and they have no excuse before God. They are unrighteous sinners. Likewise, Paul argues that Jews are sinners as well. They have the law of God that was given to them through Moses, and the law shows just how sinful they are. And so in our reading, Paul sums it all up. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So there's one common problem, no matter if you're Jewish or if you're a Gentile. We are all sinners, and we're all unable to save ourselves. So Paul says the law doesn't save anyone. In fact, he says the law points out just how sinful we are. It gives us full knowledge of our sin, but it does not give us the hearts to be righteous. So he says Jewish people can't just point to the law and say, well, that saves us. 
Likewise, Gentiles can't claim to their good works and claim to be saved. He says, we're all unrighteous. We're all sinners. And when we're confronted by God's law, we see just how unrighteous we truly are. But now, and that's the hinge. This is where everyone turns. But now, Paul writes, God declares us righteous through what God, through what God has done in Jesus Christ. Now we receive justification. That is, we receive the declaration that we are saved and made right with God by a free gift. Salvation is all because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And that's what Paul's conclusion boils down to. But now, but now Jesus Christ has saved us, all of us, Jew and Gentile. We cannot claim to be saved because of one or the other, because of our identity. We cannot claim to be saved because we follow the rules. We are saved through what Jesus Christ has done for us. This salvation we receive is all through trusting in Christ. That is all. And so that's why in 328, Paul says, For we hold that a person is justified by faith apart from works prescribed by the law. Likewise, on Reformation Sunday, we don't want to forget the story that brings us together this morning as Lutherans. Paul's little phrase, but now, made all the difference for a 16th century friar named Martin Luther. Just as Paul argues in Romans, Luther was very well aware of his sin. He knew, deep down, he felt it, that he was far away from the glory of God. And he knew that he was incapable of saving himself. In fact, in Luther's day, there was no question about this. In our day, it's sometimes difficult to get people to believe that they are sinners. We're conditioned not to hurt anyone's feelings. We're conditioned to believe that self-esteem is king, everyone deserves a trophy, and so we can be uncomfortable confronting sin. But in Luther's day, there was no question. In fact, people knew they were such sinners, they did not believe they should be near the church. They rarely, if ever, received communion. They were taught that they were too sinful to understand the Bible, and so it was not taught to them. The work of the church was left only for the clergy. Prayer was for monks. The mass was said in Latin, a language that people did not know, and it was said in a quiet voice, so people had no idea what was going on. And when you went to mass, your intention was just to be sort of close to something holy. You did not expect to benefit from hearing the word of God. You did not expect to benefit from preaching or from the sacraments. And you knew that when you died, you were going to purgatory and that there you would have to work off and suffer for your sins. Or if you were rich enough, perhaps a family member would buy an indulgence which would shorten your time in purgatory. And so it was such a bleak time for religious people Many people lived under the weight of their sin. Their consciences were burdened, and they rarely ever heard the gospel of forgiveness. They rarely associated the news of Jesus Christ with good news. And so even Luther, who was a priest and a teacher, shared this sentiment. Luther says that he looked up to Christ and could only see how sinful he was. He knew that he could never confess enough 
to be good enough to be righteous like Christ. And so Luther says that he only feared judgment. He saw little that was hopeful about Christianity, little that was hopeful about the faith. This changed for Luther, however, when he studied the book of Romans and he was confronted by Paul's words here in Romans chapter 3. When Paul says, but now, it was a phrase that reverberated in Luther's heart. Luther knew he was a sinner. But now, as he read Romans, he saw that it was not about what he had to do to earn his salvation. It was about what Christ had already done for him. It was all because of what Christ had done. And Luther came to see that the selling of indulgences, that all the superstitions that were being kept alive in the church, all the good works one was supposed to do to earn salvation, those were all nothing compared to what Christ has done for us. Luther realized everyone's focus was on the wrong thing. It wasn't about what we do. Our salvation is about what Christ has done for us. We are sinners, but now Christ has come for us. And so your life too as a Christian has a but now exclamation point to it. You are in fact a sinner far away from the glory of God. You stand under the conviction of the law of God. But now, but now you have been justified by faith, which is God's grace alone, God's free gift alone. But now, your identity is no longer as a sinner who stands in condemnation. Your identity is as one who's been saved by the Son of God. Your relationship to God is restored, not because you have done anything, not because God requires you to save yourself. You are saved by trusting in Christ alone. And this is a gift, a gift we receive by faith alone. Amen.
together, let us stand and confess our faith using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all his seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten of not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Gracious God, you have renewed your church in every age with the voices of those who recall your people to the gospel and to speak your word in all circumstances. Receive our thanks for Martin Luther and for those with him who contended for the gospel against many and great enemies. Make us bold that we would also contend for the faith against those who would silence our voices or distract your people from the one true gospel of the crucified and risen Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. Fill it with all truth and peace. Where it is corrupt, purify it. Where it is an error, direct it. Where anything is amiss, reform it. Where it is right, strengthen it. Where it is in need, provide for it. Where it is divided, reunite it. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, make us truly your disciples. Keep us in your word, free us from all errors, and make our homes and families peaceful. Preserve all parents and grandparents and encourage them for their godly task that children would be brought up in the fear and instruction of the Lord. Lord, in your mercy. Have mercy on our nation. Give us good and faithful rulers, and especially guide Joseph, our president, Richard Michael, our governor, so that they will govern after your good pleasure. Give us comfort and a right understanding of your rule in this word, that we would not be deceived to think that earthly powers will last forever, but have confidence in your word alone. Lord, in your mercy. God of grace, do not let your people fear though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the sea. Rescue all people in need, especially Steve, Owen, Wanda, Tana, Phil, Marilyn, Marcia, Nancy, Rose, Tony, Carolyn, Alan, Tom, 
and Judy and comfort them with the promise that you are always with them. Lord, in your mercy. Blessed Father, you have granted us the privilege of a place at Christ's table. Give us faithful and repentant hearts by your spirit that we would receive worthily your son's body and blood and depart to bear his fruit and lives of holiness. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have brought us up by your word out of darkness of air and into the light of your grace. Mercifully help us to walk in that light. Guard us from error and false doctrine and grant that we would receive your word with all of our hearts through the merits of Jesus Christ, your son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now the peace of the Lord be with you always. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care, and prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. 
Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. You are indeed holy, almighty, and merciful God. You are the most holy, and great is the majesty of your glory. You so love the world that you gave your only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. We give you thanks for his coming into the world to fulfill for us your holy will, and to accomplish all things for our salvation. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Remembering, therefore, his solitary command, his life-giving passion and death, his glorious resurrection and ascension, and the promise of his coming again, we give thanks to you, O Lord God Almighty, not as we ought, but as we are able. We ask you mercifully to accept our praise and thanksgiving, and with your word and Holy Spirit to bless us, your servants, and these your own gifts of bread and wine, so that we and all who share in the body and blood of Christ may be filled with the heavenly blessing and grace, and receiving the forgiveness of sin, may be formed to live as your holy people, and be given our inheritance with all of your saints. To you, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory in your holy church, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
Let us pray. We give you thanks, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen.